Want to navigate your way from book idea to bestseller and beyond? You're in the right place. Listen in for interviews with industry experts and inspiring authors who are making their mark in the world of independent publishing. Get ready for down-to-earth, actionable advice and insights from those who know the business best. Welcome to the She Gets Published podcast. Here's your host, best-selling author, transformational book coach, and indie publishing mentor, Lynette Pottle. Hey, hey, my soon-to-be-published author friend. Welcome back to the show. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about finding our flow to positively navigate the dreaded blank page. But before we get to that and I introduce you to our incredible guest, I want to take a minute to send a big shout out to April S., who left this review on Apple Podcasts. Lynette does a great job of sharing all the things you want to know about becoming an author. Love her insights, interesting guests, and the advice from your best friend feel of the show. April, thank you. I appreciate you so much, and I'm glad that you are enjoying the show. I'm also happy to introduce you to another interesting guest today, Megan Barnard. I met Megan a few years ago inside of a program I was taking and worked with her as a copywriting coach. I learned a lot from her then and knew that she would have some incredible wisdom to share with you too. Before we dive into that, I should back up (laughs) and give her a formal introduction. Meet Megan. She is an intuitive writing coach for bold thinkers who want to change the world with their words. She specializes in storytelling, social media marketing, sales pages, and nonfiction book planning. Megan is also the author of three books about the writing process and the creator of Wise Writer Within Oracle Deck, which is super cool, I want to add. She's been a professional writing coach since 2006 on a mission to help people find their flow and write from the heart. I feel pretty darn sure you're going to love the advice that she has to share with you today, especially if the blank page has been taunting you. Let's get to it, shall we? Here we go. Megan, I am so incredibly grateful that you're here with us today. What a topic we have. I know this is on the hearts and minds of people (laughs) everywhere listening. So let's talk about this blank page and how much power it can hold over us. I'm so excited for you to dive into sharing your wisdom around how to navigate this. Yeah. The first thing I would say is let's not have a blank page. (laughs) Um, There are ways around it. And one of those ways that's really powerful is creating structure. So knowing instead of, I got to sit down and I got to come up with something, I have already made a plan and structure looks different for everybody writing a book. Um, It you know, it might be a really detailed outline for some people. For other people, it might be kind of a broad sketch. It might be, you know, some brainstorming, some doodling, some free writing that they've done. But coming to a blank page, having a very clear intention is a totally different prospect from, oh my gosh, I got to sit down. So I, I always think of, we have different parts of our writing brain. And the part who is going to draft and be in creative flow is this beautiful little five-year-old girl who just wants to show up and have fun and play. And we don't want to put pressure on that part of our brains to go, give me something now. So before we sit down to play, before we sit down to draft in our flow, before we sit down at that blank page, we want to have 
things in place to support us, right? The, um, the place I always like to start out with clients is a compass statement, which is where am I going and why? <laughs> what's my direction? And why? Yeah. Yeah. What's my, what's my intention? And it's just a series of questions that we go through that really grounds people in what they're writing, why they're writing it, who it's for, what impact they hope it has, why it's so important to them. Um, and it, it ends up being very helpful to make decisions about writing as well. It ends up being very practical. It's even helpful when you get to the marketing stage, but it's this grounding practice. And you do that in not the headspace of I'm drafting and I got to be creative. You do that in your planning mindset. You know, the part of you who's like, oh, I'm just making a shopping list. Oh, I'm just doing a brain dump. Oh, I'm just um, playing with some ideas. I'm not sitting down to start writing yet. There's zero pressure. So that's a, an incredibly helpful first step, I would say. Does that resonate for you and <laughs> the writers you work with? Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, we put so much pressure on ourselves. And a lot of times I think we do it without even realizing it. But coming to this space of intention is just a game changer. So I love that. I love that. Yeah. And and then there are a lot of kind of hacks and tricks that you can use. Again, so you're not facing that blank page. It's amazing how different it feels to start writing on a page that has something on it as opposed to that has nothing on it. Um, so I like to do a lot of free writing for myself. I recommend it for my clients. And again, there's no pressure. So if I'm drafting my book, oh, this is important and I have to get something good. Um, and if I'm just free writing, again, I'm just doodling and noodling with ideas. And I can free write so much more easily if I have that plan. So if I'm working from an outline, I've got my compass statement. Now I've created an outline for my book and I'm going, oh, you know, chapter three, I wanted to write about this event that happened. Let me just start myself off with what's everything I remember about that day? Or, you know, maybe I pick a free writing prompt and just get something down. Now I copy and paste it into my official draft doc and <laughs> I'm continuing with a thought instead of starting with a blank page. Yes. And I think the power of free writing also is sometimes it's even about removing yourself from the project that's directly in front of you. That free writing might be just getting your juices flowing where it's just stream of consciousness writing in your journal before you sit down to write. But there's so much power in just uh, structure is important. And then having this place where you don't have to be bound by any kind of structure. You can just allow everything to flow through you. And it's really interesting what shows up in, like it can be a page of writing and there's one sentence. I know I find for myself, I go back and I can pull out this one sentence that is like gold, gold. And it's yeah. just tucked away in amongst all of this yeah. other free flow writing. I always like to think of free writing as turning on the taps of a bathtub of a really old house and you first turn <laughs> them on and all the brown gunk comes out and most people's instinct is like, turn it off. Oh no, this is terrible. Right. But what's got to happen is the rust has to flow out all that, you know, stuck stagnant water that's been in the pipes for a long time. It has to move. It has to flow. And eventually you get to that clear water. And, you know, the same thing with writing. So often our most amazing idea is stuck under a, a really mediocre idea or an idea we might have judgment around if we allowed ourselves to. So for anybody who hasn't done free writing before, 
um, one of the key things is just to keep going and withhold any judgment because we're really letting the water flow. We're really just warming things up. Yeah. And withholding judgment, that's one of those things that easier said than done sometimes, right? Any hints, tips, tricks around getting into that space of being able to release the judgment and just get the words on paper. Yeah. I highly recommend have a writing ritual and a writing practice, and this will look different for everyone. But um, you know, don't expect to go from whatever else you're doing in your day to now I'm creative. You know, even a little bit of movement, moving your body, getting oxygen in your brain, um, reading out your compass statement or your intention, getting excited, dancing, doing something that raises your physical energy level and raises your mood. I mean, these are um, small things that take very little time. But think about how we psych ourselves up if we're going to, let's say, an, an important interview, or if you're going to ask somebody out on a date. You know, these moments in life where we're like, I really want to be coming into this from my highest, most radiant self. Do that for your writing as well. I love um, that. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and it might feel like some people might want to be kind of in a peak energy and that would feel good. So like dancing and other people might want to feel more calm and grounded. So maybe you take some deep breaths. Maybe you do a short meditation and remind yourself, ah, I'm here to allow my story to come into the world. And it's a very sacred act. It is an honor. You know, maybe you reconnect with how amazing is it that I get to tell my story, um, that I get to share my gifts with the world, that I get to give people um, tips and tools and techniques for you know moving on their journey with with greater ease? Um, and you want to you want to just pay attention to that because if you start thinking about the bigger picture and you start panicking, like oh my gosh, it's a big deal. <laughs> Scale it back. Um, it's different. Like there are different motivators for all writers. Some people will get really jazzed by remembering, oh my gosh, somebody's going to read this book and it's going to change her life. And somebody else might go, oh no, it has to be a book that changes. Okay. In that case, just let that go. So much of writing is experimenting and finding what works for you. So I recommend everybody have some kind of practice to come into this creative space, um, but it doesn't have to be any of the ones I've recommended find what works for you. Such an important message. And in so many parts of writing, not just the first draft, but I think any project that we're approaching, knowing, building in a buffer or some time to know that, yes, there is going to be some experimentation. I find whether it's your first book or your third book, what worked the first time may not work for you the third time. And so allowing yourself that space and give yourself permission to know, okay, I'm going to experiment and find out what works for me today, now, in this moment, and ride with that. Um, that it's very freeing to know that you have the opportunity to do that. There's no one size fits all. And what fit you yesterday may not fit today. And that's a-okay. There are Beautiful. other answers yeah. to be found. Yeah, as our energy shifts and even as maybe for different parts of the book and different topics you're writing about, um, you feel you're going to draw strength around them from from different places. And um, I think that's a great lead into one of my, my favorite 
I have these rough draft rules that I <laughs> make a, a, a very good attempt to use when I'm drafting. You're listening to the She Gets Published podcast with Lynette Pottle. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to leave us a review and subscribe. Um, especially something longer like a, a book. I kind of, they're, they're less important writing something short, but I have these rough draft rules. And one of them is write the next thing you can. I'm a big fan of writing out of order. And when I'm working along on something and, you know, my plan was today I'm going to work on chapter seven and I sit down and I start writing and I'm using my best, you know, I've done my ritual. I'm in my space of play. I've done some pre-writing. I've done a warm up, and I just go, I'm hitting a wall. I give myself permission to switch to writing somewhere else in the book writing the next thing I can, or I might move to a different section of that same chapter. So instead of forcing and going, I gotta stick to my plan, or I have to write in order. No, I deserve to have joy in creating what I'm creating. And so I'm going to move toward the next thing I can do with flow. Yeah, so good. And allowing ourselves that flexibility to know that writing a book doesn't have to be a rigid process and remembering to invite joy into the process. Yes, I'm a big proponent of that as well, Megan. Yeah, but don't you feel a lot of people get stuck at the blank page because they think they have to start at the beginning of the book? Absolutely, absolutely. We tell ourselves a story about what it means to be a writer to be a serious writer, if you're going to write a good book, the things that you have to do. And we we do, we get in our own way with these false beliefs or false stories that we we feed ourselves. Being able to shift into this yeah. energy and flow um, is is just the thing that releases, I think, I feel like it releases our creativity. It really does give our inner knowing that permission to say, you can show up in the way that best serves you today. Yeah. Yeah. Another one of my rules is um, pause and plan. So sometimes I'm writing along and like I'm stuck on this section and I go to my outline. I don't know what to write next on any of these sections. Great. The writing process is intended to be recursive. It's not I do all my planning and then I have to do all my drafting. If I'm ever in a place where I go, I just don't, I don't know what to write next or I'm writing this and it's just my intuition is screaming. It's like, this is not what we want to say about this. Just take a pause, get out of that space. If I have to draft, I have to fill up this page, go for a walk, talk to yourself, asking yourself questions and interviewing yourself, whether you're speaking aloud or journaling is so powerful. It gets your wheels going. Instead of sitting there in the panic of, I should know what to write. We go, okay, wait, what am I trying to do in this section and why? Wait, okay. I've already talked about this in another section. So what I really want people to get is some clarity and depth on this. Oh, I want to tell that story about the time this happened. You know, brainstorming, letting um, the inquisitive, curious part of our mind really just go to town is um, a game changer for writing a book. And then we can come back um, to to the drafting when we feel ready. But we know so much more than we know we know. Yes. And it's the panic of, I have to get this down. Think about what you're doing when you're writing. You're taking ideas and putting them into complete sentences. And 
trying to figure out what I'm going to write and how I'm going to write it. And then if I am putting the additional pressure on myself of, and it's got to sound good, I'm creating a tug of war with my focus. So let the planning part do its thing with its full energy. I'm planning. Okay. What should I go? Great. Now I've got a sense of what I'm going to write. Now I can let my creative flow on and just go, ah, I know where I'm going. So let me just see what comes up and let it be really messy. And then later I can come in with my analytical self who goes, oh, wait, this part's not clear. I can make it more clear by doing this. Or, oh, wow, I'd love to um, have the tone or the voice be different in this way. But letting ourselves do one task of the writing process at a time is such a a beautiful form of of self-care and it's incredibly productive. Yes. What I <laughs> it takes love so much about, less time that way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. And what I, I love about what you said too, about allowing yourself to shift from what that activity is that you're doing is when we start, it isn't until we start writing that we actually are informed <laughs> about the how this is going to take shape. I guess that's a little how could I say that more clearly? But it's through the action of writing where you get the clarity of, oh, right, maybe this isn't the best example, something else is. But until you start the practice of writing, that doesn't come. That doesn't show up on the outline. You can do your very best to come up with that structure and a great outline. But where the magic happens is how you inform yourself as those words start to take the page. Yes. And the more you lean back and let go of control of the process, I find the more you have moments of, whoa, wait, who said that? That's brilliant. You know, something just flows through you and you didn't know you were going to write it. But as you're writing it, you go, oh, yeah, that's really good. Um, and, And that's a trust piece as well. And I will say that a big part of any creative process and writing in particular is self-trust. And self-trust is something we cultivate. And we can cultivate it by showing up for ourselves. You know, oh, I put writing on my cal- I put writing time on my calendar and I sat down and I did it. So that's an important piece when, you know, somebody's coming to a book and you were talking about how different books are different experiences and maybe um there are different life circumstances. Maybe you had a more expansive feeling of time writing the first book and now things have changed a little bit and Um, You don't have that same kind of expansion. So being very um, deliberate about what you're promising yourself you'll do so that you can stick to those promises and build trust. So for example, I'm going to write all day on Saturday. That's not realistic because I also got to do some grocery shopping and clean the house and I wanted to connect with this person, whatever it is. So not overextending our promises to ourselves and then breaking them. And that's something, I mean, we don't need to judge ourselves for doing it. We've all done it as writers and creatives, as you know, business owners, um, as humans. But really being intentional, I'm going to make promises to myself that I can keep so I build that trust. So when I sit down to write, instead of having the panicked feeling of, oh, I might not be able to show up for this, I'm just more relaxed. And those great ideas can can come to me. And then that's where you start listening to your, I call it the wise writer within, but like your intuitive <laughs> self as opposed to your should self or your, I got to make this sound good self. Yeah. I'm a big proponent as well. And in, in when putting those writing sessions on your calendar or things like that to really think about how you can break that down into micro kind of goals. Like you said, not the whole day. That's 
okay, that sounds dreamy, not, <laughs> right? Because we know that we're setting ourselves up for disappointment. There's going to be something a whole day of writing. It's also a great way to procrastinate because you go, well, I've got the whole day so I can start by having, you know, a second cup of coffee and sitting here for an hour, right? Like I've got the whole day. The more time we have, the, the less valuable it feels. Oh my gosh, so true. But if you have a two-hour block that you have, let's say, on your Saturday morning, but then you create a buffer on your schedule, you don't have something that's like, okay, I'm going from writing to the lake to grocery shopping. Like if you have a buffer in there, if you're in flow, great, keep going. There's nothing that says you have to stop at two hours. Keep going, but you also have that satisfaction of knowing that you kept your commitment to yourself in that smaller window of time, even an hour, whatever that might be. Uh, just that everybody does it differently. And some people really love that two hour time where they can dive in deep. And some people can take 30 minutes, four days a week, and really get something done. And that can often be a moment of insight where you go, Oh, I see my friend who writes that way. And I thought the only way to write was to take two hour chunks. But I, I mean, I personally working on books will, will do a lot in like a 25 minute Pomodoro session because mm -hmm. I plan so much and because I really just get into my flow and draft. And um, so just being cognizant that you might hear somebody else's process and go, I'm supposed to be doing it that way. No, <laughs> the only right way to write is the way that works for you. Just wanted to emphasize that. Yeah. So that's so good. And as we're nearing the end of our time together, I really wanted to come back and kind of put an exclamation point also. You you brought it up just briefly, and it was talking about writing prompts, whether it's free flow writing, but writing prompts to help us to get into that energy. Do you want to talk about that just a little bit more? Yeah. One of my favorites that's a meta prompt, and you were talking about stepping back from what you're working on directly, but one of my favorite prompts ever is why am I so good at, and then you fill in the thing that you want to step in to do. Why am I so get, good at writing the introduction to my book? Why am I so good at um, revising this chapter <laughs> that's giving me trouble? And free writing, journaling on that, um, and allowing ideas to come up. And what's going to happen is first you'll step into a place of possibility um, because you're affirming, I am so good at this. It's a, it's a great way to bring your mind around. Um, if you're experiencing resistance. But then what also happens is you start coming up with practical answers to this. Oh, I'm so good at writing this introduction because I left it to last and I can go back and look at my other chapters and I'm going to go back and look at my compass statement and I'm really excited to give this to my readers and I want to tell them that story about this. Ideas will start to come. So that you can use that at any point in the writing process. Why am I so good at? And then you put in the thing you're trying to get done. Uh, and then... Did you want to like talk specific writing prompts or just how to use them or? No, just generally how to use them. And I, I really like that example of tapping into the field of possibility. And then also there's yeah. one of the things I, I cannot let you go without talking about that I find to be a wonderful way to create both a ritual or a writing prompt is pulling cards from this beautiful deck that you've created, the Wise Writer Within Oracle deck. Tell us just a little bit about how this came to be and how writers can use this to help them overcome that blank page kind of paralysis. Yeah. So in my nearly 17 years as a, a writing coach, one of the key things I do with people is mindset shifts. 
And so over the years, I have collected these powerful statements, you know, these affirmations um, that help people step into possibility with writing. So a lot of the cards have those powerful statements. There are also prayers, you know, may I, (laughs) may I be in passionate detachment? Um, and then writing archetypes to help us shift some of the inherited and maybe not so helpful, um, energy we have around writing and creating. So for example, there's a goddess of perfectionism card that's about, well, what it really means for something to be perfect is for it to be fulfilling its purpose, not Mm. flawless, but out in the world and serving, you know, so shifting my idea around perfectionism and, um, other things that can, can bring up resistance for writers and creatives. So I like to use the deck by, um, doing a three card spread before I sit down to write and a three card spread. The first card is what's the message that wants to come through me. And the second card is what do I need to acknowledge, let go of release, come face to face with admit, you know, become aware of in order for this message to flow through me. And then the final card is what will support me to bring this message. So even though we're writing from a plan and an outline when we're working on a book, doing a spread like that, and then there are writing prompts for each card that will help you kind of like, dive deeper in, um, it might just be great as a warm up, uh, just to get the writing flowing. Like you were saying, so the first writing I'm doing is zero pressure because it's not even on my book. It's just this prompt from this card I pulled. Um, but that spread can also really help to crystallize and distill. Oh yes. Even though I know my outline and I know I'm working on this section of the book, this message that wants to come through me is this kind of more subtle, nuanced part of it. Um, and that can help me, it can help guide my writing and connect me to like a bigger why. Um, so I, yeah, I love just pulling a a single card to kind of get a vibe for my writing as well. And then diving into the prompt, but there are 54 cards with 54 prompts. So whether you get the insight about the message coming through or not, you could just use this as a way to start writing and loosen things up and think about any musician any um, athlete, the first notes they play on the piano are not the opening notes of the concerto they're playing to an audience of thousands. <laughs> it's the notes they're playing in the warm up, in the sound check, right? Let's give ourselves a chance to warm up as writers. Yes. Well, the deck is gorgeous. I have to say, beyond so much wisdom, uh, the art is amazing and so inspiring in and of itself. So beautiful job, beautiful job on creating that. Thank you. I have to give a shout out to the talented artist, Nixie Foster, who who did all the, the beautiful original artwork. Yes, it's gorgeous. So as we are um, wrapping up today, is there anything, Megan, that we haven't talked about that you you want to leave as a message for the first time author, for the author that maybe is a little more experienced and wondering why they're having so many challenges this time around or anyone in that space of just doubting, frustration, um, words of wisdom that you'd like to share with her. Yeah. The process is generally pretty messy. You know, it's like birthing a book into the world is a lot like birthing a human into the world, right? There are parts of it where you're so excited and it feels wonderful. And there are other parts where you go, what did I get myself into? (laughs) So just normalizing that Yeah, it can be messy in the middle. It's completely normal to get a little bit lost in your own ideas and need to pull back, need to seek out some support from somebody else who can see that bigger picture with you or for you. Um, 
just because a complete book looks very polished, it doesn't mean the process is neat or tidy. So I think the most important thing we can remember if we've been through it before or know if this is our first time going through it, that the process being messy is part of it and it doesn't diminish the value of the ideas you're bringing forward and it doesn't mean you're not meant to write this book. In fact, the the, the very idea or the very uh, experience that you're in it so deep that sometimes you feel underwater is just evidence that this is such an important idea, that it's something your whole being is wrapped up in and wanting to explore and share. Um, So take it as a good sign when you get to the messy middle and things feel a little bit confusing. (laughs) Such great advice. Well, Megan, where can people stay in touch with you? Where can they find your Oracle deck? Tell us all the things. Yeah. Um, so my website is meganbarnhard.com and you'll find the Oracle deck there. Um, I send out weekly writing love notes. Um, that's on my website as well. And then you can find me on Instagram. I'm right with Megan and uh, hit me up on Facebook as well. Fantastic. Thank you again for sharing your insights, your wisdom, your encouragement. I know that that is going to help so many to move off of the blank page and start getting their wisdom and their words out into the world. Thanks, Megan. That's a wrap for this week's episode. We can't wait to hear how you put what you learned today into action. Remember, the journey from book idea to bestseller and beyond is within your reach. Keep writing, keep learning, and keep pushing forward on your path to becoming the published author you aspire to be. And for more tips and encouragement to support you on the journey, follow us on Instagram at at shegetspublished. On behalf of your host, Lynette Pottle, thanks for being a part of the She Gets Published community. See you next time. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.